whatever you do in a freelance capacity, having a few people who get your industry, who could be your competitors, but actually are your friends, they are so, so important. Uh, it was what saved me in those first few months. This is Philip Van Nostrand, and you are listening to the Epic Freelance Life Podcast. How to make more money and live an epic freelance life. Okay, this is Phil Van Nostrand, and you are back with the Epic Freelance Life Podcast. And I'm really excited to be here recording with a new friend that I met only about two weeks ago, and her name is Vanessa McDonald. Vanessa, would you kindly introduce yourself and say hello? Yes. Hello, Phil, and hello, everybody. Um, my name is Vanessa McDonald. I am online as that, as well as Courage Creator. So I am a founder of a company called Courage Creator and a business coach and women's business coach in particular and CEO nice. of a company, another company called 1MT, which stands for 1 Million Transformed. Awesome. Um, okay, we will get into all of that in a little bit. Um, <laughs> and is that everything that you do in terms of work or maybe personal brand? Or is there anything else left out? Um, the only other thing I probably should mention is under Courage Creator, I uh, created a journal and I sell that. So it's called the Brave Journal. Uh, and I'll, I can share a little bit about that and how that was such a key part of me stepping into freelance life. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm actually holding a Brave yeah. Journal in my hand this very moment. You sent me one after that conference and it's so beautiful. <laughs> so oh, I'm, I'm kind of excited to start this, this journey. It's like a, yeah. the Brave Journal is a 10-week process. Is that what it is? That is, yeah. It's basically yeah. seventy days. There's, there's some. I, originally, I had it for twenty-one days, um, and there is an, a lot of research that says after sixty-six days, we create and really anchor into a, a habit. And it's so yes. I set it for seventy, which is ten full weeks. And the intention really was it was a very personal journey at first, which was if I I needed to get out of being stuck in a rut. So I wanted to just work on one thing. Uh, my my to-do list, which was big. I was a corporate executive at the time. I just wanted to work mm -hmm. on one thing that was just for me. So getting up and actually checking in on that in the morning and going to sleep and actually being able to measure movement in, in my case of starting to write, which is what ended up becoming the journal. Uh, that process is what, awesome. the, what the Brave Journal is about. So if you, if you just need to shift out of a, a current experience, it's, it was created with that intention in mind. That's beautiful. It's very meta, Vanessa. You use the Brave Journal <laughs> method to create the Brave Journal, it sounds like. <laughs> That's exactly. I didn't I don't think I knew what I was doing initially. I just knew sure, I wanted sure. to write and then it became an outline of a journal and then it became a a way to dream of of my a uh, dream my way out of a life that no longer fit for me. So yeah, it was very meta. <laughs> That's amazing. And and um I guess we'll go into straight into this well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that right now. And then, and then we'll, I want to go into like where you are currently in the world, but, um, yeah. with the brave journal, it's how long ago was that? Because it sounds like you were full on corporate and then you, you sort of transitioned mm -hmm. out of that. Yeah. How many I've years ago? I've only really been 
So it's interesting. I'll, I'll share the story, but I'll share maybe people who are listening to you as well are, are curious about what it looks like to become a freelancer sure. or to step into that life. And for me, I tried to do it uh, three times. So this is my third iteration that seems to be sticking. Okay. And I, I share that because I read Tim Ferriss' Four Hour Work Week, which I think was very much that first for many people from a certain age, uh, I, you know, yep. over 40, that was when I read that it was revolutionary for me at the time. And I thought there's a, there's a way I can work. That's not a nine to five. That's not having a pension like my parent. I just couldn't imagine until I read that as, um, it almost really was for me stepping out of a, a matrix that I was told was what had to happen. And it mm. truly, I quit my job. This was 2009. I was w- working in, in London in, in the UK and there's a three month process when you leave a job uh, over over there i think it's still the case and so i I took three months and i moved to canada thinking i'm going to freelance and i did it and within six weeks of arriving i had replicated my entire life from the uk like right down to working for (laughs) a french woman whose name began with c i've had like five bosses who who are french women whose names begin with c claudette colette like you name it uh just a random talk about patterning (laughs) and and it was i had I got I got to Toronto and I'm like hey time to network went into the city to, you know had some coffees and then was offered a position very similar to the position I left in the UK great money and so I this was September and then I was very clearly remember looking at snow falling in November out of an office window a corner office again and went like how is this my life how have I done this again <laughs> that's so funny and, and it was because it's security right you think like well there's a paycheck coming every couple of weeks you can make yeah. decisions it was smart and responsible but it was it was fine but it wasn't what i your, wanted your life heart yeah wanted. your life was different from what it looked like a year earlier but but not quite but free, it was right? the same or, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly exactly and then yeah. and i did it again in 2016 i left and i started up my freelancing consulting practice and again was offered uh-huh. another job that was just a little bit different uh, a little bit, you know, but same, it was a corporate job. And so when I finally okay. left in February, 2020, that was when I became a, the, when I really transitioned into the position I'm in now. And it was the brave journal that allowed me to do that. I wrote it, uh, about, I would say three weeks after my 40th birthday in 2018. And nice. I wrote, I was frustrated because I knew had done this again and went, how am I still in this role? And the, the role was fine. I love the team and all of that. But there was this like, this is not the life I know I meant to lead. And I, out of frustration, literally wrote on a piece of paper, why can't I be brave? And what I really meant was, why can't I be brave enough to live the life that I know is waiting out there for me? There was something inside that I knew there was a different life for me. Uh, and I was somehow afraid to live it. So for me, mm. the, the the being brave was really part of my own journey to get out of uh, the corporate world and try and figure out what I'm meant to do outside of it. Um, there's, I describe this in the journal, but there is two, there's two parts. There's, and the reason my company is called courage creator versus brave. The definition of the word bravery is, you know, going forward, almost not knowing the pain, you just take a step and you go. Uh, and that yeah. that's what it's almost a very masculine word in terms of its connotations like you go forward into battle courage is different courage you uh, and Brene Brown describes this way better than me but uh, the definition it comes from the Latin root core c-o-r which is heart so it's actually more about speaking a truth from your heart versus going forth into Mm. battle 
And with courage, there can be pain. You know you're leaving something, whether it's your safety in a corporate position or a life that you you think you know. And I knew I had to create courage in my life. So I, you know, put this journal out there and thought, well, I just want to create a sense of passive income because then I have given myself an option to see, is there a way I can get out there and travel and write and explore? I wanted space in my calendar to explore yes. the corporate positions that I've had. have always been, you know, 70 hour work weeks. So there was very little space to live. And, yeah. uh, so, so <laughs> let, let me interrupt you for one second then. So, so you at 40 basically, um, separated out from corporate culture, which is very brave. And, uh, and, and as a single woman started like traveling the world or just finding jobs and trying to make money or a little bit of both. Well, so what ended up happening for me was I left February of 2020. And the reason I left one month before the global pandemic was because in 2019, this journal selling, and I'm still in my corporate job, and I'm feeling very out of integrity with this like brave message that I'm putting out into the world. And I'm still, you know, and it just felt kind of weird, you know, and and I felt, okay, I need to make a decision, but I don't know what to do. I don't know actually how to make this business work beyond uh, starting an e-commerce business is, you know, there's a lot of information about it. It's great. And if you don't know what you're doing, it's, it's a lot of investment. So having a corporate yes. backing was great and, and it's expensive, especially a journal and there's hard costs involved. And I, um, but I had these clients in the Netherlands who started buying like being a lot, like by, buying in bulk, the journal. And I'm like, what, you know, who are these people? So I reached out to one of the owners of this company and we started chatting. He was an, a corporate coach. He was an executive coach and they have a company called Courage Teaming. And in our conversations, uh, it, I, I, he's like, we love your journal. We use it with our C-suite executives to get them to have brave conversations with their team, to get them to get clear on who they want to be outside of their jobs, outside of their roles. And so I actually took a trip in November of 2019 to the Netherlands to meet them and see how they used my journal. And I came back cool. from that trip and went, if these people can do it. I can do it. And I had this intention yeah. of I'm going to become a coach, right? Like it's if other people can use your words and go out there and, and build, they were building their own business and um, they yeah. were very generous with their time and experience and telling me like how this is how we built our business. This is what we did. And this is how we use your, your manual basically in, in mm. our programs. And so I came back and quit my job going, I'm, if they can do it, I can do it too. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's how I actually started the transition. Yeah. And sometimes I share that because sometimes we need the encouragement of other people when we that we don't necessarily realize the impact we're having. And I was sitting there at this point, I was in Toronto, sitting in, in this, you know, office going, oh, I just, I don't know how to, to do it. And they gave me enough of the first, let's say, 10 steps of the path that gave me yeah. the, the, honestly, the courage to step out of my own job. Um, and so that was my, that was my initial intention was I'm going to go to the Netherlands and start, uh, work with them for a little bit and, you know, get some clients and make it work. That was how I originally left. And then the global pandemic happened and, and life looked a little bit different, but, um, (laughs) you you were forced in a completely different direction then. Totally. Um, Yeah. That's, that's kind of what happened. Were you able to, even during the pandemic then create your own roster of, of like coaching clients or did you do something different? Yeah. 
No, that's that's how I started. So I basically, when you're starting in these things, especially if you come from a different, if you come from a corporate background, or if you come from anything that is mm-hmm. not freelancing, what you may not realize is how important the community is, like building a community, building a network. Yes. So I agreed. I think I left in March, <laughs> and um, until June, I joined a community called Kaboom Coaching, which is how I met. Zion, who you you met as the founder of 1MT, the company I now am the yeah. CEO of. And uh, Zion is he he works he partners with influencer um, influencer coaches is probably the best description sure, or, or sure. companies that are focused on transformation. And Kaboom is a company that helps coaches create an offer and sell. So this came up in my feed on Facebook and I went, okay, this sounds like something interesting. And what it actually did is it sure it showed me how to, how to actually get clients and all and make sales, Uh but it actually gave me a community of other coaches. So I started collaborating with other people within the community, like, Oh, you're a business coach too. Oh, you do this. Let's do programs together. Let's do a webinar. And so I got initially a steady stream of clients because I had a product that was helpful for those other coaches to put into their programs. And then also Mm honestly made the pandemic, especially those first few months that were so freaky for all of us, a little bit less painful because I was sitting yeah. alone in Toronto, but I felt like I had a global community and it was it's truly a global group of people that I could laugh with, figure out business questions. It, it was people building their businesses at the same time. And wh- whatever you do, having those group of, whether you're a copywriter or um, a graphic designer or, or whatever you do in a freelance capacity, having a few people who get your industry, mm-hmm. who could be your competitors, but actually are your friends, they are so, mm-hmm. so important. Uh, it was what saved me in those first few months. That's beautiful. Yeah. Same for me. I actually <laughs> found myself like uh, online all the time, just figuring out where everybody mm-hmm. was either on Instagram or mm-hmm. Facebook or Zoom or whatever. And I was in like virtual book clubs and Zoom happy hours and and then Clubhouse yeah. eventually and yeah it, it oh, was yeah. it was wild but um mm-hmm. and and I'm a little jealous of like the coaching community that you found cuz I actually started coaching a little bit myself in August but I didn't I didn't quite have that community and I and I feel like um yeah I'm I'm happy that you found it and you it really like kind of helped launch you up and forward it so, did. It really, for me, resonated. And um, and yeah, you just yeah. You need someone to tell you what to do when you don't know, especially at the beginning. Yes, exactly. Well, and it's nice to hear about other people's successes too, maybe, right? And yeah. to be encouraged by that yeah. and to know that there's, yeah. Um, That's right. So, Celebrate your wins. Exactly. And so <laughs> through that, I guess you met um, a guy named Zion who was running the Kaboom coaching and, and uh, was mm-hmm. like kind of, the brains behind all of those connections that you were having. And then somehow you ended up just working with him slash for him. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's what happened. And, and it started very much in a freelance. Uh, and I still, I still have my own company. I still consult. Um, yeah. But I'm playing this acting CEO position in his company. And it, and it, mm-hmm. it happened very much from, you know, give me your background. Tell me what you do. And as I started to describe what I had done, um, previously and how I was coaching through the journal, we, he's, he, he happened to have exactly the need. So what it did is it allowed mm. me to almost help 
in my head form the niche of how I serve. I think a lot of people who are freelancers come from this space of service. We want to, we want to make an impact in the world in some way. We want to serve, yeah. but we don't always know how it is. And for me, I had this product, this journal, which was very much my own transformation. It felt very raw putting out like, this is what I did, but half of, you know, I was still in the, the my own transformation as it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're always in our own transformation, but he was, he helped me distill more of, you know, this is actually what you do. Take, I think I I had this idea that I had to throw out my corporate background and become a coach yeah. because somehow someone was doing coaching with my journal. And there, that's true. Uh-huh. But I also have 17 years of running agency teams. I've worked on some of the world's biggest brands in terms of creative campaigns for uh, my background's public relations. So I have a lot mm-hmm. of corporate experience that actually can be applied and whether uh, you kind of have to figure out what is the group you want to serve. And for me, the group that kept coming up was women in business, uh, female entrepreneurs mm. who are starting out, who are just in a position where they might have a product or a service that they're really, they've got an audience for, but behind them, yeah. the business functions themselves, like how to actually run your team, how to structure the right people in the right places operationally, how to get your finances in order, set up. I intuitively know that because I've been doing it for a long time where that's a service I can offer to someone who is making an impact versus someone who is selling a consumer packaged good. Cool, but not for me anymore. So it it was um, learning that I can make an impact with the the training that I have and being able to meld those two and make money from it and make money from it and live anywhere I want was like, this is possible? Oh. (laughs) So I think for me it was... It was really magical to see that I didn't have to pick an either or. It was actually life is kind of in the grays. That it, there's the magic, you know, getting to meld the two and not having to to be a certain way or sit in the world in a certain way. That was uh, it's very freeing when you you get to not have to choose. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, magical. Is what is what it sounds like you're yeah. describing, but it, but if uh, Zion asked you to be like acting COO or partial COO, did you find yourself? Are, how free are you these days, or how much time do you spend on his company? Um, and is that satisfying still? Yeah. So the work, I think, if you were going to do what I'm doing right now, which is have essentially one corporate, I have I have still one-on-one clients, coaching clients that I work with. That okay. are much smaller, Good. and I'll take them on if they're um, if they're doing something in the world that I I want to be part of in term and and it's a it's very I'm very blessed to be in that position where um, I can mm. choose the clients that I take on because I have and I think I'm I'm talking about three things at once here but uh, just to finish sure. this thought financially it's it's really important to know what is your number what is your minimum and maximum that you're taking in so every month and mm-hmm. every year I set myself a number. I'm like, okay, I want to hit this number this month and, or this number this quarter. And I'll take that, I'll take on a client or, uh, and I actually don't do any external reach, reach out. It's all word of mouth, but I'll interview Mm -hmm. and take on somebody and work with them. If they're doing something that I would really, I feel very from my heart, I want to support her. There's one woman right now who I'm speaking to, who's doing something that's going to, it'll affect a lot of people in a transportation position, um, in a city I really care about. And having, she's Hmm. responsible for over a hundred people, has a huge budget and works for a company that I happen to really care about. I love their story. It's someone from my past and 
It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, if I can help this woman for three months, make an impact, make her life happier, that's a that's a story I want to contribute to. And the same thing is with, with Zion. His business has a vision that is very aligned to my own personal vision. And that's very mm. much that I, we can change our relationship to the way we work. We all think we have to do everything. And he does a lot of work around entrepreneurs getting them out of just that crushing feeling of having to do everything, really teaching them yeah. time management, delegation, and having the right business functions sit under them so that they can actually be in what they do well. Their zone, zone of genius is um, yeah. a term that I, I, we, we like to use. And I really believe in that vision. That's very much my personal journey. So I carve out space in my 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 weeks to spend with his clients and with him and to build on his vision because it's my vision too. I, I, I think we contribute different parts of it is how we talk about it. And that's if, cool. you, if you're going to take on an ongoing retained client, that's how to approach it, I think, because that can also very quickly be, oh, I'm doing this one graphic design project for a company I don't love, but they pay me 10K a month. So I'm there. You know, I, I was very adamant that I wasn't yeah. going to do that. I had saved to have the freedom to be able to live and work anywhere. Um, but he came along and had this really th- this vision that we, we truly share. That's yeah. awesome. And so, okay, so you're living in mission, it sounds like, um, doing yeah. what you do for yourself and also for his company. Yes, definitely. I think we we all have that in different ways. And for me, what was very important was to get out there to experience it. I couldn't see that vision when I was sitting in the corner office, you know, in the, in the company. Yeah, of I, course. I could only... Yeah. And I think I knew I wasn't where I'm meant to be, but I didn't know where I was meant to be. And I had to get out there and really take the step to begin to freelance, to meet other coaches, to then meet the, these people who've come into my life. And as mm-hmm. when, when as I first started talking to me about his vision, I'm like, yes, that's it. That is the end of the transformation that I've had around changing people's relationship to their work. And that can go in all kinds of directions, but at the crux of it, that's what it is. And I really, really believe in it. So for me, this is, uh, it's, it's mission versus a job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and you mentioned something earlier that uh, you create, or you, you every quarter or every month or every year have like minimum financial mm-hmm. goals. I'm curious yeah. if, and like even maximum you said, which I'm not sure what that sounds like, mm-hmm. but um I'm curious what your minimum goals are either specifically or just generically like how you decide on them and also how they've changed in the past mm-hmm. couple of years. So I have, um, you know, I've, I've been in a corporate position for a long time before doing this. And I had, yes. uh, I've been very lucky that I've been good about saving money and investing in, in both, both an investment portfolio and real estate as well. I was always smart with money. Mm. And I started when I became a freelancer last year, I really started to look at like, how do I actually think about money? Because I've mm-hmm. been lucky that I've been a saver, but I've always known that every two weeks, something was going to be landing in my account. And that's, of course, no longer, that's the key thing I think keeps a lot of people from, from stepping into this world, which is what happens next, what happens after this project yeah. ends. And so I started to actually go through historically how much money I was making and, and, you know, after tax, what did I think I was worth? 
Was it, you know, was I always at um, over 200? Were there, what happened when I, how did I think about the world when I was starting out? And I really went into my mm-hmm. relationship with money. And I read books like Lynn Twist's The Soul of Money. I reread Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And I really mm-hmm. kind of deep dived into my own relationship with the energy of money. And I call it that because what I started to notice is that I, every couple of years, I would get a raise. And it would be like a nominal and I would either jump to a new job or I would stay in the job, but I'd get a title and the the raises. But actually, I always kind of hovered in the same numbers. And so when I realized that, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. So no matter what I do, I've been an executive for 10 years making more or less, you know, five or or 10K difference. But there was no like, with the exception Uh of bonuses coming in, it was pretty much a similar number after tax. So I started to play with that number and go, okay. I want to make in this quarter at the end on a monthly average 5k higher than that that average that I had been making for the past 10 years. Easily hit it. And then I thought I am no longer available to make less than this number. I want to now we go another 5k over this. Can I push to 10? And as I started to do that, what would happen is the journals would start to sell more, other oh. uh, coach p- projects would come in and I realized that the we, we, you know, whether you call it law of attraction or whatever you call it, there's, if you get very clear on the number, just like when you get very clear on the kind of partner you want to have or the kind of job, those things show up mm-hmm. in your life. So our only job is to get clear and then figure out all of the things that we're doing to potentially block that opportunity. There's nothing different. And I make now more than I made in a very successful corporate career. And the only difference is it's I amazing. actually started to identify the number. Yeah. And, and it's, and this is during a pandemic. So I think it's possible for all of us. We just get to put ourselves in the positions to make that, that available to us. Money particularly wants to go somewhere. So, uh, you know, it's, it's an energy. Yeah. It's not going to go to you if you're going to keep it in a bank. It's going to go to you if you're going to invest it, if you're going to grow it, if you're going to serve others with it, it wants that. So I always have that as part of a plan, like this money is going to that, this money is going to serve those people, it's going for good. And I think having being I'm very conscious of my relationship with money, and continue to be it's a work in progress for me. But that work really started when I became a freelancer. And, and that was probably the most important That's interesting. work I did. So but but, you know, my my theory about money as a freelancer is like you either to to make more you're either working more you're raising your prices or uh or expanding your team um and i'm curious like it sounds like when you set an intention to earn 5k more or 10k more um your books started selling so that was like working more mm-hmm. but did you also raise your prices somehow or i, I know that you have limited mm-hmm. hours in your week to do like what you do so i'm curious like what what that actually looked like besides the magic of just manifesting it <laughs> yeah it's it is if you're in uh service based work of course it's it, you have limited hours so it is about raising your prices on certain things um yeah. but then there's is other that ways that, that money i did for the one to one because i had enough experience yeah. with, with those clients that i was able to do it um but with uh I, it also money wants somewhere to go. So if you want to have more in, create right. opportunities or stay open to avenues to bring that money in. So that could be something like paid webinars with other people, speaking opportunities. Um, okay, got it. Create a course. Uh, in in my Did case, you do I have all of the those product things, the journal. Or, yeah, the journal. I have okay. a course. The journal was for me the pr- pr- predominant one. 
Um, and then mm-hmm. doing one-off projects too. I think you, you don't necessarily have to take on, um, you know, if you've got 40 hours of the week that you're available to work or 30, if, depending on how you want to structure your, your life. Well, then what is your time worth during that, those projects? What can you, uh, yeah. are you taking on a client that's willing to pay you 10K or are you going to settle for the client of five because they're knocking on your door? So it's actually just getting clear on what you're available for. So I knew mm. uh, I was available for certain numbers and I'm just going to open up the space in, in my calendar to bring that in and just trust that it comes in. And, and also the opportunities come in, like whether it's a speaking opportunity that is paid or, sure. um, or other avenues, depending on what you, you make available. That's a very interesting mm-hmm. way to approach it. <laughs> I, I understand it. And I feel <laughs> like for a lot of listeners that there, there's a lot to unpack there. So. I might have to be like an entire yeah, other probably. episode because because I think it's really interesting <laughs> what you're describing, and for for a lot of people, even like myself, ten years ago, probably like there's no way I could have imagined just like I don't know if if, if there's a, it feels like there's a gap between like yes I'd love to make more and then like opening up space in my calendar to make it happen you know like I I think that you're very smart yeah. Vanessa and there's a lot of like things that you're doing that. Um, are being are like in between the lines here, you know, <laughs> but like physical yeah. actions and and like steps and 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 quality of work and stuff that we're not like seeing, which is really interesting. Yeah, I think the the last thing I'll say about it is it's I know it's very counterculture to talk that way, and we have like okay, mm-hmm. well I have ten hours and I'm I'm going to be worth you know I'm paying four hundred an hour and I, and I can only make a maximum and and that's all true if you want it to be true, but I've lived that mm-hmm. life I've I've you know I'm over forty I have worked in a, in a corporate position where I was told every six months I was going to get a, a title change or once a year, and I think I took. I didn't, that was not going to be my truth. I decided, no, I want Mm. to make more and I think it's available to me. So I decided, and it's, I know it sounds insane, um, but it's a choice and it's as simple as that. I decided I was going to make more than this, you know, as a female, um, who had been, uh, in a, in a senior position as well. I, what, one of the things that I often notice is I had teams predominantly of, account directors who were women who, who I would do a lot of restructuring and I'd go in and like, why did these girls make so much less? And it, it was as simple mm. as someone, they just thought that that's all they were worth. And I always made more than the men around me. That was not a problem for me because I just decided I was worth more. So it, yeah. it's one of the things I used to do was just be like, why are you asking me for 60 K when you you could be getting 85. And it was like, I had such a, an internal struggle with it because I'd be working with teams where I was supposed to be restructuring and putting things in. And I'd see these girls totally worth and knowing that the money was available to them, they wouldn't ask. And Mm -hmm. in the position I was in, I couldn't necessarily offer them. And I think that's what I'm trying to say is that don't decide that you're worth less because you have a limitation of hours. Stay open to what's there for you. You could find a check in the mail tomorrow that you have some random rebate available to you. There could be, you you just don't know. So it's mm. decide that that's what you're worth and don't try and control how it comes to you is what I'm saying on that. Okay. And you'd be surprised. Hey, I'm taking let's, notes over here. I like this. <laughs> t- t- take note. <laughs> yeah. No, this is great. So, uh, man, there's two directions I want to go right now because one is, <laughs> I, I just want to say this, like you talking to you and people listening who don't know you probably think like, wow, this woman's like 
super extroverted and like really a go-getter. And and when I met Not you at, at this conference a couple of weeks ago, you were like, I had a panic attack when I came in. I didn't know anybody. And like, I've hidden in my room for Holy. half the conference. Um, is that true? <laughs> so true. Oh, 100%. So uh, whether you subscribe to um, Myers-Briggs or any of these things, whenever I do any of these tests, I'm always the most over-the-top introverted person. And part of okay. that is that I, uh, I, and I found, and I also, like the conference we were at, it had the first time I've been around people who I'm not, had not been directly blood related to for a couple, a couple of years with the pandemic really yeah, fully so very much crazy. shut down. Yeah. So there was, uh, you know, well, I had kind in, of started Canada, to come where out you were. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, sorry, like, I just want to interject because you, know, you came from Canada, not the United States, and it was mm. like a very different scene over there, right? Yeah, very much. Like pretty much since March 2020, there has been a, a steady lockdown with very light easing, and you know, there's friends who live in downtown Toronto who I haven't seen in two years. So I had come from that, mm. spent some time in the U.S., and was slowly starting to open up and feel comfortable about expanding out of what had felt like a lot of fear. And then I was feeling good about myself and then got to this conference, which it was, you know, we were about 200 people. We were all in, in mm -hmm. safe. You had to have shown proof of vaccine or, or PCR test to get in. So there was logically, like, we're fine. And, oh my God, so many people. I really was very triggered by the experience. And so, yeah, you definitely met me while I was going through that. <laughs> and 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 that's yeah. part of who I am. I've always sort of been an introverted person, and it's it's been amplified by the experience of the last couple of years. But uh, but yeah, you know, it's mm. I think that's another thing from a freelance perspective that I thought I couldn't do this from a new business perspective because I I'm not a networker in, or a wheeler and dealer. I'm very much the person in the tower making sure. decisions. I've always been that in, in in company. But for anyone who is in that position themselves, who may be listening, it, it's it was another thing where I had to decide, no, no, I get to have this life and I will find the ways to navigate it. It's not only available to you if you're uh, you know, going to be front of stage. And that's something that also we don't get told. You know, we we're told you got to yeah. go out and network. Like, that's not always true. If you if you are good at what you do, your work will stand up for itself and people will find mm. you and people will ask for you. And, and you get to trust that that's a possibility for your life. Yeah, I love talking to people like you because I, I'm, I very much am the opposite. I, I'm truly am uh, mm -hmm. extroverted, and and I I think the the strength of my success has been in the relationships that I've made and curated, and um, but mm -hmm. but I know that it's not the only way, and and I really appreciate hearing from others who, like yourself, are are about quality, um, quality relationships, quality uh, offers, and and I love that like almost all of your um, coaching business has just been from referrals, which is, you know, a testament mm -hmm. to what you're, what you're doing with people. So kudos to you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I also, the, the thing that I love the most, I mean, I, I literally cried talking to you because you told me this great story <laughs> about, I think you were walking around a lake and making a decision about your life. Do you want to share this story mm. a little bit? Like yeah. just a quick this version. Is, of uh, of, we don't need to hear the whole, whole thing, but I, I just want to know like the decision you made and then what happened afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I am 43 and for any single gals listening, this is, I had done all of those things. It, it was another decide moment for me that happened uh, earlier in this year where, okay, we're in full lockdown in Canada. I'm building this business. I'm happy. 
And of course, I would love to fall in love. I think we we grow up with these stories and we and we hear these possibilities. And I was at an age where I'm like, you know what? This might not happen for me now. And that's okay. And there was, I was telling um, Philippa while walking around the the lake where I would go every day, it was kind of my thing where I would walk around and have this very meditative uh, walk daily, uh, which was a savior during this pandemic time. And I had this very clear moment where I'm like, this might not happen and that's okay. And within two or three days of this, a person who I had met through Kaboom, who I was telling you about earlier, who had been a friend, mm-hmm. kind of reached out and was like, I like you more than that. And I would like to explore. And it was very like, oh, I don't know if I'm able to, what? I'm not ready for this. I mean, you're, you're in Chicago. I'm in Canada. There's so many, there, there's so, there were so many reasons why this yeah. on paper seemed like an impossibility. But I allowed myself to get open to the possibility, not decide like what is going to be available for me or not, um, just to really surrender. Um, you know, this is something I want, and this may not happen right now, and I'm okay with it. This was basically what I said to myself when I was walking by the lake. And um, then this person who was in my life, had been in my life already for a year and a half, expressed feelings for me and we started to talk and a little bit more conscientious and this was how I actually left Canada mm-hmm. um in August and I got on a plane to meet him because at, at that point we had someone had to get on a plane um to to meet in person and we did and we are continuing our um what feels like a yeah. two month old, old date now <laughs> together um, I want to I want to like punch to the ending here and say that like in in a month you're about to go to Paris for 30 days mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that right so yeah so we basically we're actually going for three months like we uh, oh we've been gosh. in Chicago with a, a bit of time in in, in Austin as well uh, that we were spending with Zion and then um we kind of so this weekend even we're like I don't want this day to end and we have been you know we want to build our lives we're both freelancers, so we're both in this position. We can live and work anywhere. So we said, like, what does this look like for us for at least the next six months? And we start to map out. He's coming to Canada because he's going to be my parents, and I'm going to Amsterdam mm. to meet his just after Christmas. And then while we're there, we're like, let's do New Year's in Paris. And we said, well, we don't have to just do New Year's. We can be there. So we um, rented a place on literally behind the Not- Notre Dame, which will be for three months or okay. our winter there because winters in Chicago and Toronto are kind of cold. So like, why not Paris? Right. And that's the magic of this life is that you can live and work anywhere provided you're willing to, you know, go into time zones and all of those things. So we're very excited yeah. to experience that. And yeah, it's great. <laughs> that's so crazy to me. It's so crazy to me. One of the <laughs> questions I asked you at the conference was like, did you uh, hu- like when you stepped out of the airport? Did you hug him or kiss him or because you literally had been <laughs> virtually dating for a few months at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's, so funny. It, it's it's interesting. We we you know we had really there was a moment where we started. We'd been talking as friends, and then we started to talk very consciously as okay, we're gonna. It, we like each other and what do you, and we actually did. So the New York times has this list of 37 questions to fall in love. You can, if you Google it, it comes yes. up uh, and it was, it was pulled Very together famous. by I think a couple of psychologists. Yeah. So we started to ask ourselves those questions. We would do like a date night a couple of times a week and it would zoom and we'd ask ourselves those questions. So we really got to know each other and we got mm. to the point 
by the time between April and August that we actually met in person, um, we had already said that we love each other. and We'd had conversations about all the stuff that you kind of have to in this time and in this day and age, but then also because of our age and we were like, I'm not, you know, I, I'm here for a much more uh, a longer term and this is how I feel and this is what I'm hoping and this is my vision for my mm-hmm. life. So by the time we met, we we knew each other, we loved each other, but we hadn't actually seen each other in person. I'm quite short, yeah. quite, a, quite a lot shorter than him. And so there was also like, are we going to look weird together? Because you're a foot taller than me. Like there's all of those things too. Um, and so, <laughs> yes. yeah, it was, and I was nervous because COVID. So I was very much like, um, can I take off my mask? You're not allowed to do that in Canada. Can I do that at the airport? So we, I had a lot of nervousness about the airport. But when you see the person who you love, you it's fine. You just you just get into the present moment and just allow yourself to enjoy it. And, and we did, and it was great. (laughs) This is so amazing. You're in the middle of like a really beautiful love story now. And, and I, you know, there's, I'm sure, I don't want to be the one to like ask it or suggest it, but I, I feel like you must have people in your life who are, who are saying like, Oh, it's just like a, I don't like, is this kind of romance sustainable? I guess. What what, what would you say to that question? It's, it's it sounds like, like almost two fairy books. Well, you know, we were we were just talking about this earlier, where it, it is it does feel, um, and I think I had to sit with myself almost in affirmation at the beginning, being like, I allow myself to receive mm. this. I allow myself to receive mm. this because everything tells me that this is too good to be true. Like he's amazing, you know. <laughs> like there was yeah. there was no we haven't come across anything um that we but we were also both two people who are very into growth so there are little things like of course stuff comes up like hey when you said this what did you mean and we will talk it through we're both i told you this at at the conference that we're both gemini so we talk a lot as you probably can pick up okay and that's it's great (laughs) you know in a (laughs) in a relationship it's good it meant that we were we've been able to talk through how do you feel about this what do you what do you want to do with this and it's actually for us, it's working. We, we've been very open about what we want next, including marriage and kids and all of those kind of conversations. Mm. Like there's no nothing off limits. And all I, I, I don't know what could happen tomorrow. And, you know, we say this, like we're very grateful and we feel very blessed for this experience that we're having. We're older and one of us could be hit by a bus tomorrow. So let's enjoy it right now. And let's be in gratitude for it. And I appreciate you. And that's been a huge part of our a time before we met, but then also in the two months that we've been together and we don't know. We that's all all we have is what's here. So we're just being grateful for what we have right now. I'll it's let really you know. Beautiful. I'm very, <laughs> as, as I'm very happy evolve. for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> do a follow up interview in a year and 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 get the full check in. Um it's exciting yeah. and, and it it's like um yeah I, I cried listening to you because I think like parts of myself have closed, have been closed off to the possibility of like true love again, or, or, um, mm. I don't know, that sort of like, op- op- like openness to love and getting hurt and stuff. And, and I, I think it was just so brave of you, first of all. And like, um, I don't know, it's just great to hear that someone in their, you know, late 30s or 40s can, can pull it off. It doesn't always have to happen in our 20s and stuff. That's it. And, and I think the world tells us how um, love should be and that if we've somehow missed that window, that's it. We're done. 
And yeah. I really believed that for a very long time for me. And then I kind of decided like, no, no, I, I want a big love. I always knew I wanted that. And I stopped letting mm-hmm. myself think it wasn't possible for me because I had you know, missed the age window. And mm. it popped in. And if it could happen for me, it, 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 even friends who have, uh, we've been able to spend time with friends here in the US and they're, they're all like, yeah, you are always, you always talked about it. You always knew that you were going to have a big love and now you're having this experience. And even if um, this is the, an experience only, I get to, you know, get to 70 and go, I went in, I tried, I stepped in, I took a chance, I got to fall in love and maybe my heart breaks and maybe it's amazing and it continues to be amazing every day, but I went and lived my life. I didn't just think about it. And for me, that was more important than, um, than just, uh, being afraid of fear because, Hey, we only have today promised and not even all of it, you know? Yes, I, I I have to stop there because that was like the perfect ending to this podcast. But uh, Vanessa, you're really truly living the epic freelance life. I love it. I'm I'm grateful I met you, and I can't wait to see you again in the world. So thank you. Yes, yeah, same. Thank you.